0: Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have gathered us as your people around your word this morning uh, And we pray that as we consider this passage that your spirit would be at work among us uh, May he en- enable me to preach your word rightly and in his power uh, And may he work in all of our hearts, uh, pointing us to Jesus and enabling us to love and follow him And we ask this in Jesus' name, Amen Over the last three weeks, uh, we've been looking at Jesus' instruction to his 12 apostles as he sent them out on a mission. And we've seen that the mission that he sent them out on was different from our mission. Theirs was a short-term mission specifically to Israel. Ours is a long-term mission to all the nations. Their mission was to announce that the kingdom was coming soon. We announce that the kingdom has already come. Jesus has died on the cross to pay the penalty of our sins, that he rose again as king, his death and resurrection has brought in the kingdom, and so we call upon people to repent and believe and enter his kingdom. As people who are part of that kingdom, we teach each other to obey all that he has commanded us, and we wait for him to return. Last week we also saw the disciples were to expect persecution on their mission. Jesus said if people persecuted him, they would persecute his disciples. His disciples would be brought before councils and governors and kings. But he reminded them not to be afraid. The gospel would go out, and so they would play their part in proclaiming it. He reminded them that it's actually smarter to fear God than to fear man. People can only kill the body. God can destroy both body and soul in hell. But that God... Was their father who loved them and cared for them because they belonged to his son. They were to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, but they need not fear as they proclaimed the message of the kingdom. And, and it's also the same for us. We should fear God rather than man and be faithful in our mission. We also saw that as the message went out, it would bring division. There be some who acknowledged Jesus before men, and some who would deny him before men. Some people would confess that they belonged to Jesus. Some people would refuse to identify with him. Some people would enter his kingdom. Some people would disown him, have nothing to do with him. Some people would join the community of the persecuted. Some, in fear, would stay a safe distance away. The message would create a division. And the division that was created when the gospel message went out would be reflected on the Day of Judgment. Verse 32 and 33 of Matthew 10, Jesus said, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. And but whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Now, Jesus is talking here to, to his disciples as they go out on their mission, but, but no, what he's saying here is not limited to them. And he's not limited, limiting it to those who preach the kingdom, uh, to whom they preach either, isn't it? It's targeted them, it's a general statement. Whoever, anyone. So it includes everyone in this room, everyone online. Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. If we acknowledge Jesus, if we confess Him, if we identify with Him when pressed and pressured, Jesus will acknowledge us before the Father. If we disown Him, if we deny Him, if we repudiate Him, He will disown us before the Father. And that would be tragic. Because the only way that we can be saved is through that Jesus who died for us. The only way we can enter into glory is through his blood that was shed for us. The only way that we can escape the judgment of hell, which we rightly deserve and should rightly fear, is through the one who took the judgment on the cross on our behalf. But if on the day of judgment he says, I don't know him, or she's not one of my people, then we have no hope left. So what will it be? Will you fear those who can hurt you and harm you in this world? Or will you fear the one who can throw you into hell? Will you acknowledge your Savior who loves you and died to save you? Will you throw your lot in with the one whose death for you can secure forgiveness and release and enable you to stand before God rightly on the judgment day? Or will you disown him? Face God the Judge by yourself. Are you willing to face the judgment of men with Jesus? Or do you prefer to face the judgment of God without him? The message Jesus brings brings a division, and that division is there on that last day. Which side of the division will you fall on? the division Jesus brings is not just on the last day it's expressed in the here and now and so Jesus says in verse 34 do not think I've come to bring peace to the earth I have come not to bring peace but a sword now hang on he's saying "Andrew, isn't Jesus the prince of peace didn't a couple of weeks ago we look at the passage that the 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 apostles bring a greeting of peace in the gospel that will be efficacious for the worthy receiver? How can Jesus now say he's not come to bring peace to the world? Now, of course, Jesus did come to bring peace between God and humans by by dying for us on the cross to reconcile us to the Father. And if we have faith in Christ, we we have peace with God. And of course, those who have been reconciled to God are called upon to be reconciled with each other, and we are to be at peace with others as far as it's up to us. And of course, the day will come when Jesus returns and he brings ultimate peace to the whole world. But, but that's at the end, when every knee bows before him and every foe is silenced. But for now, his presence leads to fighting. It leads to the sword. And it's not a sword to be used against his enemies. It's not that kind of kingdom. But a sword that his enemies use against him and his followers. that is still true today. There are many places in the world where Christians are persecuted. According to Open Doors, the three most dangerous countries for Christians in 2022 were Afghanistan, North Korea, and Somalia. In Afghanistan, there are a small number of secret believers, but if they are discovered, their family, clan, or tribe must save its honor by disowning the believer or even killing them, and that is widely considered to be justice. In North Korea, there may be hundreds of thousands of believers, but any North Korean caught following Jesus risks imprisonment, brutal torture, and death. And Open Doors estimates there are fifty to 70,000 Christians in North Korean prison and labor camps. A small number of Christians in Somalia are targeted by militant religious groups who control large parts of the country. And even when they are not targeted by extremists, Christian converts experience intensive pressure from their own families, leading to harassment, intimidation, and even murder. This attracts hostility. He brings division. And this division is seen in the way his people are persecuted and that division even cuts through families Jesus warns in verse 35 for I have come to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household now that quote is from the Old Testament it's from the book of um, uh, Micah chapter 7 which we read in our reading earlier right Uh, Prophet Micah is lamenting how bad things are in Judah. The godly were oppressed, corruption is rife, you can't trust anyone. And then he says in verse 6 of Micah 7, For the son treats the father with contempt, the daughter rises against the mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and man's enemies are men of his own household. And so God was going to bring judgment on them. And Jesus said, look, my coming brings about that kind of division. The godly will be betrayed even by members of their own family. It is to be expected prepared for it, be prepared for it. And again, this doesn't just apply to the apostles and those who hear their message on the mission to Israel. Jesus warns us that there may be times when we have to choose between him and our families. Notice the word whoever in verse 37. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. We have many people in our community who come from non-Christian backgrounds. What if our parents say, look, we don't want you to be a Christian. We have our own religion. Now if you become a Christian, that will bring shame on us and our family. Some parents are afraid to let their adult children get baptized because well, if they do, who's going to pray for them when they die? Or pray to them when they die? What do we do? Following Jesus would lead to division and animosity. Do we follow Jesus? Or do we follow our parents? Over the years we've had people in our community who are persecuted by their own families for following jesus some have been kicked out of home a very close friend of mine was not only disowned by his family they even called a hindu priest and had a funeral service for him when he turned from idols to follow christ now, it may not always be as stark as that sometimes it's strained relationships sometimes parents accept their children are christians but They want them to keep on sharing their unbelieving attitudes and priorities. Some of our people from non-Christian homes decide to leave their careers to engage in full-time paid ministry. Well, parents can't understand that, can they? Because for them, the priority is to have high-paying jobs in prestigious professions and they're profoundly disappointed in the choices their children are making. There may be times when parents expect us to do the family thing in the graveyard. Tsing-ming and times like that. They may be hurt and angry because we don't do what they want because refusal is seen as disrespectful. There are difficult times in funerals when family expects you to go one way. Loyalty to Jesus would take you the other. What do we do? Serving Jesus results in division and animosity. Will we serve Jesus or our parents? What about children? There are times when children grow up and instead of taking on the Christian faith, they wander away from it. Will we be earnestly praying for our adult children? Will Will we be holding out the word of life to them? We will We be seeking to influence them and their children, our grandchildren, with the gospel and be firm in our resolve to follow Jesus, even if, if, God forbid, we're the last one in our family even to do so. Or will we let our children, our own children, and the desire to please them, lead us away from Jesus? Will we serve Jesus or our children? Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Friends, Jesus comes above our father, above our mother, above our children. In fact, he comes above our very lives. He continues in verse 38, And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. The cross was an instrument of execution. If you saw a man carrying a cross, that can only mean one thing, he's going to die. Jesus is saying, be willing to give up your life for me and my kingdom. So you can face opposition, you can face persecution, you can even face death. That's where I'm going. Take up your cross, get ready to follow me. A theologian named Bonhoeffer once said, when when Jesus calls a man, he calls him to come and die. And it was actually literally true for the disciples whom Jesus is speaking to. Uh, Within three years, Jesus himself would be strung up on a cross and killed. He was on his way to that cross, calls his disciples to follow him there. Not just the disciples of his day. Jesus speaks to us as well. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me, is not worthy of me. Prepare to die for Jesus. But paradoxically, you know, following Jesus, that is actually the way to life. If we've refused to follow because we love our own lives, we actually end up as losers, because we still die, maybe a few years later lah, we still die. And then we face eternity without Him. For He will be ashamed of us before His Father. And a Christless eternity means an eternity under God's wrath. That's a foolish option to take. But if we follow Jesus, even if it means death today, we have life forever. Even if they take our life, they cannot take us out of the kingdom. In the kingdom where we will enjoy life as it was truly meant to be, as God's people in God's place under God's blessing and rule forever. And so Jesus says in verse thirty-nine: "Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it." You willing to die for Jesus? There's a famous story about Jim Elliot, a missionary to Ecuador. 1956, At the age of 28, he and four friends went to preach the gospel to the Akua tribe there who were known to be cruel to, to, to outsiders. And not long afterwards, they were all killed by them. And his wife, Elizabeth, went and visited the very men who killed her husband and began to witness God's love to them. And eventually many in the tribe became Christians and and they look back with thankfulness to God for, for Jim Elliot who, who gave their his life to bring them the news of salvation. Our Jim had a motto, his motto was this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool to give what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Willing to die for Jesus? Jesus was willing to die for you. Are you willing to die for Jesus? If you're willing to die for Him, then do it. Now, I'm not telling you to go, you know, you could commit suicide or maybe go and distribute Christian pamphlets in Taliban headquarters in Kabul or something like that. I'm telling you to ask for persecution if there's none coming. But if you're willing to die for Jesus, then be willing to live for him. If you're willing to die for Jesus, then consider yourself dead already. And then figure out from scratch what he wants you to do with the rest of your life. And do it. Not everyone who is willing to die for Jesus will actually end up being a Christian martyr. In fact most won't. Not everyone who is willing to die for Jesus will face severe persecution. Not everyone will be on the front line of proclaiming the kingdom like the Apostles. But you know in that mission to Israel there would be those who instead of persecuting the apostles would welcome them receive them, believe their message help them on their mission and that would also show which side of the division they were on Jesus says in verse 40 he who receives you, that is the apostles receives me, is Jesus and he who receives me receives the one who sent me, the Father. Uh, Jesus and the Father stand behind the ones they sent. And so if anyone welcomes and accepts and believes the apostles that as they represent Jesus and his gospel, they're in fact welcoming and accepting and, and believing Jesus and the Father who sent him. Uh, and if someone truly believes the gospel message, you see, one of the ways they show it is by looking after the gospel messengers and helping them despite the risk so they can get on with their job of proclaiming the gospel. And this supportive work that is deliberately targeted at those who are serving Jesus and those who are persecuted for his sake shows their loyalty to Jesus just as much as the more frontline ministry that the apostles were doing. And so his people who are involved in this will be rewarded just as well in God's kingdom as the disciples who are doing the more public stuff. Jesus says in verse 41 and 42, The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. The one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person reward. And if anyone gives these little ones, one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water because he is my disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. You see that? And what's the reward? Well, Matthew doesn't tell us here. But if you go all the way on to Matthew 25, we see a picture of that final judgment again. We see a division again. One side is sheep and one side is goats. The sheep get eternal life, the goats get eternal punishment. And What did the sheep do? They fed, welcomed, clothed, visited Jesus. Not Jesus literally, but Jesus said, Truly I say to you, as you did to the one of the least of these my brothers, so you did to me. Very similar to what he says here. Friends, if you're on the side of Jesus, you will help those who are serving him. If you're on the side of Jesus, you will help those who are being persecuted for him. If you're on the side of Jesus, you will receive those whom he has sent. Not just the well-known apostles, but the least of the little ones. What you do for the least of his brothers, you do for him. And by doing so you show which side you really are on in the division. Support team friends is just as important as the public players. The Same reward, eternal life, is promised to both. that's the end of the discourse that Jesus gives to his disciples about this mission to Israel dangerous mission They would be persecuted the message they proclaimed was a divisive message would divide people between those who rejected Christ and those who acknowledged him disciples were going to get persecution from one group help from the other those who helped them would be rewarded because they shared in the same mission what the disciples were meant to do is be faithful to the end keep following jesus keep proclaiming his message until death and they'll receive true life well how did they go on their mission well matthew actually doesn't report the results of the immediate mission trip Just goes on to the next section But as you go through the Gospel of Matthew, actually, don't really see the disciples getting persecuted in the way they described here and in last week's passage. That's why. I think it's because they didn't follow Jesus all the way to death. They dropped out before it happened, remember? Matthew tells us when Jesus was betrayed and arrested, All his disciples deserted him and fled. Jesus was tried by the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council. Brought before Pontius Pilate and King Herod. Pontius Pilate the governor, the king. He's the one who can all this. Went to the cross alone. Broke his mother's heart by giving up his life alone. Died for the sake of the kingdom alone even peter who acknowledged that he was the christ god's king denied him three times the disciples proved themselves actually to be unworthy of him and yet after his resurrection jesus forgave them and restored them he gave them his spirit and he gave them another go He sent them on a new mission, the mission that we are part of as well. And he said, go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And those same men went on to preach the gospel fearlessly, not just to Jews, but to Gentiles as well. And they were indeed then brought before councils and governors and kings. They indeed faced persecution, sometimes very severe, and most of them ended up giving up their lives for Jesus and the gospel. So, brothers and sisters let us not despair we know that we are not worthy of jesus actually we know that we have been cowards and failed to acknowledge him in many ways but today he offers us forgiveness and he calls us to a fresh start he calls us to fear god not man to love and please god not man to love and serve him even more than we love and serve our families to support those who proclaim him and those who are persecuted for him, to be willing for his sake to face opposition, to face persecution, to face death. He calls us to take up our cross and follow him. But friends, be shrewd about it. Life is short. Eternity is forever. Soon and very soon we are going to see the king. If we acknowledge Jesus before men, he will acknowledge us before the Father. And we will be part of the eternal kingdom that no one can take away. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let's bow our heads in a few moments of silence, reflect on the words of Jesus that he has given us in this passage, make our personal response to him.